This is the Monday Nooner Podcast, brought to you by... Healthy Eyes Optometry and Dr. Sean Fleming with two locations in Regina. Get your eyeballs checked at Healthy Eyes Optometry in Harbor Landing and on Rochdale. High Tech Profiles, the locally owned and operated steel processor serving the agricultural, mining, construction, oil and gas and creative industries. Serving Western Canada and the Northern U.S. for over 25 years. High Tech is your 24-7 solution to ensure that you meet your deadlines. Sports Clips in Regina. You need your salad cut and want to do it while watching sports? Why wouldn't a guy? Get your full VIP treatment, including the deadly steam towel and scalp massage at Sports Clips Regina. Dave Price Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon. Your hard-working specialist that'll get your home or land sold. If you're looking to buy, get Dave Price at Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon working for you. The Islander organization at this time is extremely proud and pleased to select Wade Redden from the Brandon Wheat team. So a defenseman goes number two, Wade Redden. He is extremely poised, ice water in the veins. Some have described him. Bouncing puck, Redden settles, winds, fires, scores! Wade Redden through maze! Ottawa leads 1-0. Dispenza to the outside, Alfredson. Redden one-timer! Score! A power play goal for the Senators, and they've taken the lead. They score! Wade Redden firing it off, Reimer and in. Red wants it, fires, he scores! Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 37 of the Monday Nooner podcast, of course, brought to you by our title sponsor, Rosetown Mainline Motors. They're, of course, your number one rural GM dealer in Saskatchewan and Mainline Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram in Rosetown. Of course, uh, still a little bit of time left to get in on that Sunday ticket and lots of great deals happening uh, as we close off January and head into February at Rosetown Mainline. I think this guy uh, actually had them uh, working for him here this week. Shane Belter, how's it going? Good, buddy. Yeah, no, Rosetown, a eh? great, uh, great dealership. Take good care of me. Uh, no, good day. I uh, the Nooner flag fell down, as you guys seen on Twitter. I ran out of green painters tape, so got to make a run over to Freeze Talman and pick some up. But uh, yeah, no, other than that, uh, doing really good. And I should have introduced you to talk about, uh, called you the, you know, the collector, the insider when it comes to sports memorabilia. I kind of dropped the ball there, but. That's okay. We can move on, but I uh, got some good stories today uh, regarding that stuff. It'll be good. I'm buzzing. Uh, yeah, I bet everybody can't wait to hear that. Sean Kindop, nice to see you again. Looks like you're alive and well. Your eyes are open this week. You're ready to buzz. Hi, hey guys. Yeah, no, it's exciting times. So, yeah, let's go. Shink from the basement. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Another week for the guys, and uh, this is our first really cold week. This is our first cold snap, so I am excited for the arrow tire read and the enthusiasm that Belter is going to put behind that this week. As always, boys, the pod recorded on Treaty 4 territory. Shout out to all those guys coming up in the program. 
come up for our friends at Realty One, Joel Trapp and Rob Peterson. They're out there buzzing in this cold weather. Just give them a call if you want to buy or sell. They are going to come and help you out. Robbie and Joel, it's Trapp with two Ps. We're going to talk, I guess, a couple of uh, a couple of sad moments in the sporting world happening this week. We're going to we're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on the crazy morons that were outside uh, Dr. Shahab's house and, and what the F was going on there. I think we all are standing on the same side on that one. Shout outs as always. And yeah, we're going to talk uh, some senior hockey. We're going to have the all decade team of the Sask Valley Hockey League. That's for Freeze Tom- Tallman Lumber as always. And we're going to have the player of the week from yesteryear. I think Boz might be digging deep into that one or else I'm going to dig deep into that one. So, yeah, we're going to have that. So that's all coming up on 1237, boys, and for the uh, good folks at Realty One. And I'm excited, too, to get our Take a Seat Sun segment back in order. I hope you guys uh, have someone you're ready to tell to take a seat because I know I got one and uh, I've been thinking about this all week. So ready to get that out there. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Obviously, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, some recent sad news, the passing of – an absolute legend in Regina and a legend in the sport community as uh, his broadcasting career. He was, he was known everywhere in Regina and Saskatchewan is just one of the good guys. And uh, that's Warren Woods who passed away due to complications from COVID-19 It thought maybe it was, you know, he was on the mend a few weeks back and wow. When I saw that, I just, uh, it was tough to see. I know I, Saw Woodsy lots at the rink at Pat's games and saw him a lot this past summer at the golf course. Uh, the Royal Regina is definitely, definitely going to be missed for sure. Woodsy, Woodsy was uh, definitely one of the good guys, like you say, Boz. He uh, always had a smile on his face. You could, the best part about him is you always had faint, faint smell of beer on him. He, the guy liked to have one and liked to socialize, liked to make people laugh, but definitely, uh, definitely the guy that next time you're having one, raise one up for him. So he, uh, yeah, and I think. Boz, before you you get back into telling some some stories, like you said, yeah, we've seen him around the golf course a lot in the last few years. But I guess my relationship goes like way back with Woodsy, which is I kind of put it on Twitter. It was really funny because I was working at Global Sports in Saskatoon in the early two thousands, and him and Craig Adam and Bob Crotchuk were working up or down in Regina. So they would send highlights to us, right? And how it works is you're live at eleven o'clock, and we would wait for these Regina highlights, and then the back room would say. All right, we got the Regina highlights, and it would be maybe like 10 to 11 or whatever. And then now you're waiting for this fax to come on of the actual highlights because you have no idea what to read. So then this fax, and it was not every time, but so many times it would be like, come right three minutes before you're ready to run into the other room to do a live show. And you're just hoping the hell it wasn't Woodsy's writing. And then you see it come across the fax machine, and it's like, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, and it's like an 8-7 Pats Warriors game. The highlights are like three minutes long, which is an eternity in television. And then you got to go and try and read these highlights where the Woodsies writing. And some of the times you could make out like the players. It was like, oh, Matt Hubauer. And other times it was just a dog's breakfast. And then the curling highlights were even better because Woodsy was such a curling fiend. And it was like, I don't know. Warren Woods wrote these and Warren Woods knows what's going on. So he's such a, such a good guy. And like, that's I think Boz, you said that right. Like everybody, everybody liked him. He always wanted to shit around, sit around and shoot the shit. Like, it the didn't matter. Pile. Yeah, it was really, really sad. Some good videos and stuff I saw too. Him playing air guitar at the curling club. I think it was the 
some curling bond spiel a few years back, but uh, a life of the party and a guy that everybody loved to talk to. And he loved when people approached him and talked to him just to, do you guys know anyone that you've ever seen that can pull off the tucked in golf shirt into a pair of denim like Warren Woods could like that? That guy could just master that thing. And uh, yeah. Oh, and, and just if, if there was a pint around and there was a, t- a chair free, Rick and Woodsy sit down and yet yeah, you're in for you're in for a good, uh, good story session. That's for sure. Yeah, obviously uh, condolences to his, his kids and his grandkids and the rest of his family and uh all of his friends here in Regina, it's going to be tough slugging without him going forward, but his memory will live on for sure. So, Yeah, boys, and not to get into like a real bummer to start the show off here, but we have to mention the GoFundMe page that's going on right now for young uh, Kyrell Sopatic, uh, you know, kid from up north here in Saskatchewan, plays with the Kamloops Blazers, heck of a hockey player, unfortunate accident while snowboarding. So uh, Kathleen Zary, Connor Zary is actually mom. They're really tight. She um, started a GoFundMe page for the Sopatics. And the reason is, is because the parents are, are probably not going to be working for a, while, for a while, right? They're, they're going to be taking care of their kid, obviously, um, and everything that comes with him being paralyzed now. So they're just trying to, you know, make life easy for them as they go here. The goal was $50,000 as we record this. The GoFundMe page is at 157541 So please keep giving to this. I explained why they're doing it. Um, it is going to be a long road here. So uh, you can just go onto the GoFundMe page, help support the Sopatics. It's under, there's a lot of links out there on social media if you need help. Uh, actually, you can look at, uh, just DM us and, and we'll get you in contact there. So yeah, some real shit news here to start uh, start the show, boys. But, uh, you know, I guess everyone's going to try and do what they can here to help out these, uh, this young guy. Nicely said. And uh, I think we should jump into some... Some more enjoyable stuff, and I want to chat about our last episode. We had Mark Habscheid on, Why Mark Saskatchewan, good Swifty boy, and just an unbelievable story. We've had some really good storytellers in 2020. Um, he was awesome. I love that Glenn, uh, Glenn Sather story. There's some other doozies, the Arby's. I've been trying all week to uh, Photoshop an Arby's hat on Habby's head, <laughs> but I'm not having his – most of the photos, there's not much room above his uh, noggin, but – Still working on that Photoshop. I think it'd be funny, but yeah, I, I really like the uh, and maybe it's because I, you know, kind of know Dave King and then kind of the intense guy he is, and the fact that they his his uh, little prank backfired there with uh, getting the gear all wet, and uh, I can't believe they had to practice that day when he runs through the story. No, but uh, Mark Mark was a great storyteller. Like, uh, I think the. The last uh, month here, we've been really lucky with guys that can really tell a story, and that's going to continue because we got this week um, Wade Redden coming up, and, and Redden kind of opened up on a couple of doozies, and then next week we already have our interview. We're not going to uh, we're not going to ruin it, but this guy, this guy tells a story, and they're like long, so we had to be like, okay, we got to do this live again. So we got through about half of them, but yeah, no, Habby was awesome. Give you a hint. He's got a nipple piercing for next week. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, boys. Happy was really good. He uh, he's been buzzing my phone, seeing how uh, what the feedback was and how uh, how he did. And of course, I told him he was a solid four out of ten. But uh, you know, keep the boys japping, keep him on his toes. 
Hey, boys. And always, uh, last show recap brought to you by Cathedral Electric, serving from Regina and area. Honest pricing, anything you need at the house, cottage, or farm, they could take care of you. And also, gentle procedures, Regina. They are in uh, Saskatoon, I believe, and Regina. Mm-hmm. No needle, no scalpel vasectomy. I got a story here. A quick one. My neighbor uh, listens to the program. Got uh, new lights? What's that? No, I think... Yeah, it was either lights or a snip. Yeah, I was like, either he got new lights from Cathedral or he got something with his. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't. Hoo-ha. No, it wasn't Cathedral. We've had a lot of those. It was. He went and got uh, snipped. He went and got the no needle, no scalpel vasectomy from Gentle Procedures. So he's like, "How did it go?" He's like, "Awesome." Yeah, no, it was good. I think he had um, he had an injury down there as a kid, so there's a little bit of scar tissue, which kind of made it a little bit tricky. But uh, yeah, no, it went well. And then I said to him, "Well, if he had the scar tissue and it was." tricky digging around the berries you're lucky you didn't go the old school way like the barbaric i had cut it open get the needle like that's just, it's just so stupid so anyways yeah there's uh i guess a happy a happy client and <laughs> listener of the program right heading over to gentle procedures no needle no scalpel vasectomy so yeah there's a little story for you guys i was gonna get into a story about a guy I played hockey with that uh took a slapper off the can in midget and sliced her open and she was bloody and yeah I don't, I'm not going to, I, yeah. Or, or even there's a lot of kids now that don't even wear a cup because they think you have better mobility. Can you imagine laying down a block of shot knowing you don't have a cup? Uh, There's a take a seat, son. I was just going to say those guys need a T-A-S-S. Adam, Adam aid uh, Roman's team, little goalie Nixon, right? Um, there's a couple of kids. I won't say names. A couple of kids that can really fire slappers broke little Nixon's can cracked. So that's, you know, as a young goalie, now you got that in the back of your skull for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for Sean Kindop's remarks. Please do not let your kids play hockey without a can. Not recommended. Definitely not recommended. Try and explain to a, a 10 or a 9-year-old why you don't wear a can in football. That was like a whole week of Roman asking me, okay, so I'm going to put my can. No, you don't wear a can in football. Why don't I wear a can in football? It's like because as I start showing them football, I'm like, see how these guys fall down? And you know what would happen if you were wearing a can there? It'd be really squishy. So he doesn't really get the whole, the how they hurt yet. So oh, yes. yet. Yes. <laughs> yet. That'll come. Yeah. Why wouldn't a guy? Best part about doing these at home is that you get, get to get into the old lounge gear. It's uh, it's nice that the old hoodies came in. That oddly enough, all four people are wearing a black Monday Nooner hoodie, so that's that's nice, you know. Yeah, they look great. They feel great. Same as always with Twenty Two Fresh. Nothing but quality from old Kipper and the gang. Yeah, huge shout out uh, to those guys. Just a, a well run uh, shop, and, and you can't help but go in there. And then obviously not everything else they have. Uh, they have that you can purchase. So, oh yeah, everything. And if you if yours is in, you know, in route, I guess uh, it's probably coming to you in the next few days here, or maybe week if you're down south. Mine's starting to stink. I don't think I've taken it off since I got it, so I might have to chuck it in. So, hey, next show I'll tell you how Twenty Two Fresh quality holds up in the laundry because it's going to. You be just smell like deep fried pickles over there. Yeah. I've actually had mine on every day for some part of the day since we got them. Haven't washed it yet myself, but uh, lots of people sending us pictures and uh, messages that they did get them. I know our buddy Kelly Markwart sent a pic of uh, his new hoodie. I saw on Instagram, Matt Wagman was wearing his new uh, 
sticks and gas hoodies. So if you did get yours or if you're still waiting for yours to be shipped when you do get it, uh, send us a pic on Instagram or t- Twitter. We'd love to share it with uh, everybody. You should take that and get it dry cleaned, Belter. Don't just chuck it in the wash. I want to see hung up on a hanger with the little plastic wrap over top of it every time you need it washed. I want it I want it dry cleaned. Some, some starch. Oh, you don't, I don't think you want <laughs> George that. George Strait edition. <laughs> we actually had a guy message two days ago. It said, is it too late to get a hoodie for uh, the sticks and gas that you put in? And I said, well, you're actually one month too late. Uh, we only talked about it for five straight twirls and tweeted about it every second day. You know who that guy Come is? Come on, Wick. You know who that guy is? That is the same guy that holds up the whole plane for like 35 minutes when you're trying to leave somewhere and they didn't hear the 1800 announcements. They were just sitting having a nice cocktail or a burrito in the Cancun airport. And at 35 minutes, you got to wait till you find them because their bags are on the plane. And then they either got to go through all the bags and rip them off or they just got to find these people. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. He's just, that guy's just soaking up the last minute of sun before he has to head back to this uh, pigeon, pigeon place. Burrito, not a great uh, pre flight meal either. Take a seat. I was wondering if you were going to pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> from the vending machine out front of the airport not even like not even like the legit food retailers inside he picked that one up what's outside. the sickest you guys have ever been on a plane uh, <sighs> not plane Go, but going to mexico actually a couple years ago i got really sick on the plane and then got it out and had a great time Boss? So it was good yeah uh i was out in bc one time and i was puking a couple hours before i got on the plane but uh managed to hold it together for the flight Remember when Ebola was going on? It's kind of fitting with coronavirus. We were down, a bunch of us, uh, client trip to Dallas, and we were coming back, and Dallas had, like, a guy with Ebola, so everyone was freaking out. And one guy got sick in our group. Then the next day, I start getting the sweats, and and we're flying out. And I'm like, oh, no. And then we get to the airport, and I'm like, oh, Trish, this isn't good. Like, we got four hours to Calgary. Sit down on that plane. Oh, and I got lucky. Every time I had to go hurl, there was no one in the line to the, oh, my God. So then we get to the Calgary airport, and I'm just letting her buck in every garbage possible. Then we have that little puddle jumper back into Regina, and I'm, like, still, oh, it was, like, the worst seven hours of flying. But I had a guy that got food poisoning on the way to uh, France once, our buddy Harry. So it was on an Air France flight. And it was like eight hours around the, remember when that volcano went off and we had to go around that ash cloud? We were going to Scotland to golf. We landed in, and so that whole, it was like an extra three hours. They took on extra fuel. He was food poisoning the whole trip on whatever's smaller than a 747, like pretty big plane. So he was running to that bathroom and me and Blackwell were sitting there crushing Heineken. Felt bad, but we're like, well, we're going to eight hours here. We might as well have a few and then he gets into the airport in france and they're just the rudest people in the world right and he's finding garbages and just and it's like it's like a skit like you know it's, it's like a saturday night live skit and i'm like oh man yeah they and yeah so no wonder we didn't get any help trying to find our gates because he's puking but he hey we got to uh glasgow or uh edinburgh let's go and he rocked it so good for him do you guys know what we were talking about uh, before this? Shoutouts. Anybody remember? Shout Let's outs. get into shoutouts. Let's get for, into shoutouts. Shoutouts for Synergy AG, your local crop input retailer in Sask. Big supporters of local locations all around the province. Belcaris, Lumsden, Pence, Yorkton, Govan, Provost, and more. Check them out, Synergy AG. What do you guys got? 
I got a, I got my new BFF that I met today. Actually, one of Barney's buddies, Baz. Barn gave me his number. I texted him. He's a big card collectible guy. Basically texted with him for about three minutes. And I was like, did we just become best friends? Obviously we did. Planning a trip down to the next big collectible show. Taking the Nooner bus and we're going to buzz it. So big shout out to Baz, my new buddy. We talked last week, Belts, about an intervention for you. And I like didn't talk to you for a week. And then I called you to see if you could set up this Zoom because I was running late. What do you do? You bring up collectibles right away and you go on this big tangent about this raffle mini max extra combo thing you won and you got a jersey. I'm like, dude, you have a problem. Let's go. Well, the problem is that now it's just going to get worse because Baz has like been doing it for years and they're just going to be like figuring out how much some of these things are. It's just now like it's it's snowballing. It's halfway down the mountain and you can't stop it. Yeah, every day I'm hustling. I got one uh, new listener uh, up in Saskatoon, Jeff Will, competitor of Davy Price in the realty uh, market up there. So Jeff Will's tuned in. He's uh, yeah, he was really impressed. So thanks, Jeff, for uh, they call him Jockey. Thanks, Jockey, for tuning in. And little Easton, grade seven and eight class at Saint Josephat. Totally caught my wife off guard when uh, he all of a sudden dropped a, a Monday nooner. Uh, line honor and she's like wait a minute and he's like oh yeah from the monday nooner yeah so it's pretty cool easton that's how it starts and then the ryan rockets are going to start to chime in and try and mow your lawn why wouldn't a guy hey our title sponsor guys this is the last week it depends when you're listening to this uh roast town mainline gm and the chrysler jeep dodge ram mainline in roast town they're both the king of trucks I think there should only be one king of trucks, but they are both the king of trucks. So there's only a few days left to buy a new or used vehicle. Can be anything. I've seen some real shitty vehicles driving around in this cold snap, and it's like, eh, those, uh, those might not make it. But yeah, you go up there, they're going to treat you right, and you get in, you can chance to enter into the Sunday ticket where you and three friends could be on a private jet next year to go see an NFL game of your choice so that's and they got some cool incentives boss too uh both the gm and the and the dodge ram side that's right and of course uh, a lot of people hit the costco up well eligible costco members receive an additional thousand bucks uh bonus with the purchase of any new gmc sierra or chevy silverado that's what the king of trucks and across the street over at dodge ram chrysler they're going to do 0% financing up to 96 months on 2021 Ram 1500 DT models. Let's go. Hey belts, you let's yeah. we're not going to say we're not going to give names here, but you bought your truck somewhere else and yeah. then you've got so pissed off and you were like angry collectible guy and finally needed it to get fixed and these guys like totally like hooked you up and they they brought you a new truck. And they're not even your, they were you weren't even a client. No, 400 and some kilometers on it. They bought me a, brought me, brought me, I'll spit that out eventually, a brand new truck and took mine up to, uh, to get her fixed. And Hey, let's be honest. I don't care what you own. You're going to have breakdowns and things are going to go wrong. So buying a truck or buying a vehicle and then driving it off the lot, that's fine, but you need that customer service. And Hey, I'll tell you right now, Barney live on the air. My next truck will be coming from Rosetown for sure. Good. Did they uh, do they take trades on Joe Newendike rookie cards? <laughs> I tried. I tried to chuck up a couple Gretzky rookies, um, but that'll probably get me a brand new diesel. <laughs> Joe Newendike rookie was that the OPG? 
Was it an o- it's an Opeachy card, isn't it? Hang on a second, Barney. Let me check. <laughs> I probably got one sitting right here. Uh, Sean, do you know? I think he's correct. I think it is an Opeachy. Oh, well, yeah. Because yeah. that was like really? the, those were the years where like the other ones, Tops was in it, and Pro Set was getting involved, and then Upper Deck was. I just opened in. up another can of worms here. I should have never <laughs> mentioned it again. Straight crispy. But I think Baz is rubbing off on Barney too. It kind of got a little Barney excited. Back. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty neat. It's fun. I just don't have the I don't have the time to sink my teeth into buzz. it. I knew they were gonna be a bit of a wagon. Now time for the interview and brought to you by Kent Bittner and Bittner Mortgages. 20 years experience in the mortgage game all over the province. He can hook you up. If you know Kent, maybe from a little fastball action or some senior hockey, you know that he's going to save you money, do a good job. Him and his team. He's got quite the team there now. So what's up? You know where I know him from? <laughs> this past summer at the Royal, he hit one off the roof when I was on the patio. <laughs> <laughs> he did? Yeah. Yeah. On on 14 he abs <laughs> or 15 he sprayed one left like 80 yards left. That's we're awesome. sitting on the patio and he comes up like kind of embarrassed. But anyway. uh, there you go. That's the kind of uh mortgage uh, mortgage broker you want. Better with a mortgage than a five iron. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Kent Bittner. Yeah, so the interview boys, uh a guy that had a heck of a career, and as we talked to him, I think we all we didn't really understand how much this guy won. And it wasn't so much about like winning championships, which he did, but it was also like he was in the playoffs all the time, whether it was in junior and then he got into the NHL and he's in the playoffs. And it took a, it was a lot of years before he didn't uh, make the playoffs. And then, yeah, world juniors, little Olympic games action. I, you know what? I really like his story when he gets into the, the year off and how people wanted him to play. And he was just kind of like, Nah. And he goes through where he all went and stuff he did. So it's pretty cool. From Hillmont, Saskatchewan, he is a guy a little quiet and, uh, you know, but he opened up here. And I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Here it is, Wade Redden. All right. So uh, joining us this week, the pride of Hillmont, Saskatchewan, Wade Redden. And uh, Wade, first off, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. The pleasure is mine. Uh, thanks for having me. So uh, what we like to do here, and I kind of told you this in the messages, is we like to really go back and relive some of the good old days and the childhood memories and the junior hockey memories because people seem to really uh, enjoy that and they don't get that everywhere. So I guess we'll start with that uh, from Hillmont. That's where you, you started lacing them up in Hillmont, Sask? Hillmont, Sask, yes. Walk down memory lane here. So yeah, Hillmont's a little town just northeast of Lloydminster. So we grew up on a farm, basically situated in between Lloyd and Hillmond. So school, a hall, and a rink. Then there's like six or seven homes that are in Hillmond. But yeah, it was just a little tin roof, one of those dome rinks. I'm sure there's a bunch all over Saskatchewan. Yeah, but lots of hours up there, even enough for one team. Once we got to like Novice or Adam, we joined with Paradise Hill and then get up to Pee Wee, Bantam. We, there's a few other little towns we joined. We had put together a pretty good team. We had one of the top teams in Saskatchewan our last year, Bantam. But yeah, in Hillmont, those early days, it was awesome because we could go up any night of the week, basically. We could go up and just kind of use the rink. We had it to ourselves a lot of times. So it was awesome. Lots of great memories. I When I went to Brandon and went to would come home for, you know, you get your breaks in the wintertime, I'd love just going and skating around up there. But yeah, good Good small town, Sask. Lots of ice time. Lots of fun on the rink. The Silver Dome. 
That's what it was. The called. Silver Dome is what we named it. That's right. That's right. All right, let's go back. So I remember freaking playing against that Midwest Red Wings wagon. Some of the Saskatoon <laughs> teams would have to uh, would have to go. You know, those were like the North Battleford tournaments because Battleford had a wagon too. Hodgins was coaching there. I remember you and Travis Clayton, and and I think you're both your dads coached, right? Yeah, Pete Clayton, my dad Gord, but yeah, Travis. He was just unreal player, and he was in Paradise Hill. So, yeah, once we get joined with those guys, they were. I remember, like in those first early years, Travis was always we keyed on him pretty hard when Hillman played Paradise Hill. He was a, I mean, he was probably the best player in Canada at that age, no doubt about it. We joined up with him, so we had him, myself, my brother was a really good player. He's a year older. He was Travis's age, and then we had a group of kids there that we played ball and hockey together all the time, and. We had some good good years there. Would you guys be like double A at that time then in Bantam? Uh, last year, Bantam, we went double A, yeah. Do you remember, Wade, And because I remember this as a kid, and I, I remember vividly like a Radisson tournament. Do you remember playing against uh, the Meadow Lake Green Machine and Jeff Friesen and, and those guys up there? Because you guys oh, were kind yeah. of in the same. Yeah, well, Jeff, that's the same thing. All those kids. So it was Jeff Friesen and then – so. We always played those guys growing up. And then in Unity was Curtis Brown, Gordon as well. So they had really good players. Uh, oh, man, there was Battleford had, well, Chris Jacobson was my age. He went on and played quite a bit of good hockey. Ryan Hodgin, yes. And then there was my a- brother ended up getting to know all those guys because my brother went to Battleford and played. So we had some epic battles with those guys in Bantam. So my brother would relive it. What about fastball? You guys, uh, you guys had a bit of a, a bit of a wagon there, and and I think Brandon was going to touch on on the fastball career. I heard you were a hell of a hell of a pitcher back in the day. That's about the only scouting report I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, up until yeah, Bantam. Then once we moved back those four feet for midget, I didn't quite have the arm strength. But <laughs> it's funny because we, uh, well, yeah, we had same kids basically playing hockey and ball together, so. Oh God, we relive those days. Like they're the glory days. It's almost embarrassing when we get together and start talking about our 13, 14 year old fastball years and hockey years. But uh, we had good teams. We ended up winning. uh, It was kind of always uh, a two every other year kind of thing. We'd win in Pee Wee because Saskatoon had Trevor Ethier and Quentin Massner. So we'd always come up to get, they'd be a year ahead of us and then they'd kind of get our, but up until Midget. In Midget, when we, we won Bantam, and we go all the way to Westerns and win it, and then we move up to Midget, and we end up, new rules happen, and we pick up Ryan Brand and Ryan Ray, which was like they're on the national team. They're the pitcher-catcher duel. And the new rules, one guy's from Radisson, one was from Battleford. So we ended up riding them all the way to the, the national championship of Midget that year, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Uh, when's the last time you uh, do you, do you once you, when you see a fastball do you pick it up and try and uh, try and throw any junk or, or anything? Oh, I love it. I'm well, just by the lake. I like getting out and tossing rocks and the old windmill. I can't throw overhand anymore. My shoulder's too sore. But <laughs> <laughs> those days are great. I was just going to jump in a little bit off topic, not off topic, but uh, I remember you saying in previous conversations that, you know, it was really important to you to not just play hockey. And nowadays kids like, you know, hockey is 12 months of the year thing. But I remember in previous interviews, you saying it was important and you think it is important to 
to have fastball and other things to go to in the summer. Yeah, I still believe that for sure. The kids should be doing other things. I guess once you get to what, 13, 14, 15, I guess, 14 or 15, that's probably the the time where you'd want to, you know, if you're going to dial something in, you probably, if you're going to go for hockey, that's probably a time where you have to. But I, I love it when kids play other things. And for us, I mean, there wasn't really an option, I guess, in those days. Obviously, times have changed a lot. I think I enjoyed hockey that much more because you were away from it, right? You'd kind of you get that excitement to be back there. I'd even be the same way when I was in Ottawa and stuff, just getting away from the rink and away from hockey. Obviously you'd be training in the summer and stuff like that, but to have that excitement to come back, that's kind of what propelled me in large part was just that excitement and that passion to, you don't keep that. I think if you're just immersed in it for 12 months a year, you got to kind of, you can't miss it. That's the same thing with the kids. You can't miss them if you don't leave them. So (laughs) you got to get away (laughs) <laughs> did you did you ever see the um, the story that TSN did about the you know the toughest team that ever was with uh, Chase and Kaminsky and and all that those guys like played ball in the summer when they would come back and coach at uh, Melrose's hockey school so that's not something you know I guess times changed right when now they've really changed but even when you were kind of start revving up you couldn't come home and get picked up by uh you know one of the saskatoon special men's teams or anything in in, in fastball you you had to concentrate on hockey yeah i played the one year after my first year junior and brandon i came back played ball that that summer after that was my last year playing ball then we'd pick it up there's some orthodox leagues and we'd always do a few tournaments and stuff with with the boys from back home and the Rex Wranglers is what we're called. It was another little kind of spot on the map called Rex where a bunch of us farm boys would put a team together for these tournaments, which I always enjoyed doing. It's so much fun. Loved it. I did actually see that. Uh, you mentioned uh, Chase Coaster and Wendell Clark. I didn't even realize that's a pretty awesome story to, to see them also playing ball growing up, but that's what everyone did. Played hockey, then you played ball kind of thing. You go, you go as a 15-year-old to Lloyd Minster and play with the Blazers. You know, there's no AAA midget for you. It's it's the 15. And I think, Boz, correct me if I'm wrong, when we had Hartnell on, that's what that's what Hartsey did as well? Yeah. yeah. Yes, so he did. You were always kind of playing up with your brother, like you said, you, you know, playing a little bit with the older guys. Was was it comfortable going as a 15-year-old to the AJ or was it a little more intimidating or how, how did you react there? Yeah, well, it's funny because initially that was the decision to be made at that time, I was 15, and probably North Battleford would have been the closest place to go play midget and wasn't interested in doing that. I ended up coming back from Brandon. I was at their camp, and then I come back to try out for the Blazers, which is the AJHL team in those days. And I get cut, but then I go down to the junior B team, the Bandits, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which it ended up – that was one of the best teams. I think they won Westerns that year. I ended up getting called up. I played 10 games with the Bandits. We had great coaches – John Saunders and Brent Dallin were running that program there and had done great job with the teams. And so I guess in talking with Kelly McCrimmon and everyone, was this a bad idea? Should I do this? So you're staying at home. I had, I mean, I couldn't imagine leaving that age, let alone 16 when I look back, that's so young. Ended up going down to the junior B, played 10 games, get called up. And then I ended up sticking with the Blazers for that season. But it's funny because I ended up, couldn't drive and I lived out of town and uh, Scotty Hartnell was only, he, he's five years younger. So he was just 10 years old. I went to school with Devin, who's my age and Chad was on the junior team with me. So 
they were kind of my billet family and I'd always, we always had like 10 o'clock, nine o'clock practices and stuff. So I ended up spending a lot of time at Hartnell's house cause I couldn't, no one wanted to drive me home at 10 at night out in the farm. But I think Kent Staniforth, like he played in Moose Jaw and I know he listens to the show sometimes and yeah. a lot of guys know him from his Moose Jaw days. He got, he went back to the Blazers to kind of protect you maybe a little bit as a 15 year old. He was 20 that year. Is that right? That was my D partner, Danny. <laughs> Just huge <laughs> mitts on. <laughs> oh man, he was wow. I'm still good buddies with him. I always see him when I go back or whatever, and keep in touch with him. He's still back in Lloyd. But when I look think back to those days, he was like a man. You know what I mean? I was 15 years old, and he he always has kind of been that presence, kind of a big brother kind of thing for me. He, I was pretty safe on the left side. He. We also had Glenn Webster who came back from the Western League, who was like another tough guy from play for the Wheat Kings. So we had those two. We had a really old team, and uh, we actually had a better team than we showed. Is it true that he got they got him a job at Fountain Tire? And obviously people around there will know he's still uh, running the shop at Fountain Tire in Lloyd to this day. Well, yeah. So our Pat McGill was the head coach, and then Rocky Kyle was the assistant coach. And Rocky, well, at that time, I guess he ran the – Fountain Tire and Lloyd and now I think he runs all Western Canada for Fountain Tire unless he's retired now I ran into him too there had a big uh it was actually great to see him because he's uh Fountain Tire I think before COVID set in here they had a big thing in Kelowna where is which I where I'm living and uh, so I saw Rocky and Stanny was out and they had a huge meeting with all the owners and store owners so yeah, he brought Stanny in, and Stanny's done a great job. Obviously, he's made a good go with Fountain and Lloyd. Still, that's <laughs> thirty years ago. Call it so. And actually, well, that's funny because also Devin. So all my buddies worked at Fountain Tire. They're kind of moving tires around and changing tires. And so Devin Hartnell worked there. Ryan Furtis, another close buddy. Anyways, all those guys would be in Fountain Tire. So I'd always stop in there and visit those guys. It was just a kind of a gong show what they had going on, but they got the, done a great job with it. So then you go to Brandon and you know, you got the year junior under your belt and you kind of step right in there. And I, I remember that, you know, that 93, 94 year, Bobby Lowe's is coaching. You, you step in and you know, was it, was it a comfortable transition for you, Wade? Uh, well, it was on the ice. It went smooth. I, I would say like, I'm, I'm, I look back now kind of the off ice thing more, it was pretty young. I was probably more homesick than I would, would have admitted at that time, but it was a big, big transition. I think at the start, so as myself and Justin Kurtz were both 16 year olds rookies, Sven Butenshawn was 17 year old rookie. He was like six foot six. I just remember him from the first <laughs> training camp, had this huge long branch wooden stick. Remember the branches? Yeah. So big braces, like silver braces. This is Sven Butenshawn. And like, who's this guy? I ended up playing my, he was my partner all year. And we had most nights we had injuries on defense. So like a lot of the nights we had four or five D. So it was myself, Justin, two 16 year olds, Sven, another rookie, big gangly bugger. <laughs> and then, so we had four or five D. So we were kind of thrown baptism by fire and we answered the bell and all of us ended up playing long pro careers. Um, I just remember those that rookie season with those other two guys. We ended up being together my whole time, and Brandon and great, great, great guys, and we had some great teams together. 
playing in Brandon, you know, I, I guess it's a place and we've had a, a couple of guys on that have played there, but they played before you, you know, talk to guys that, that would come home and, and ask them, you know, a lot of traveling, um, you know, when you're playing at the Weekings. And I guess now they got they got Winnipeg there, but uh, you guys didn't have it easy. You know, you're 16, like you said, you're homesick. And you're on that bus a lot. Probably not as much as a Prince George now in the league, but you know, you, you guys did a lot of traveling as a 16-year-old. You know, for you. Yeah. Well, if you looked at the bus that we rode on too, it'd be considered a health hazard. I think nowadays, it was like a 19. I want to say as the year I was born, a 1977 bus, and they had <laughs> welded in these bunks in the back, and it was 16 bunks, so eight, four, four, whatever. There's 16 bunks, and then the the front was just normal old seating, but garbage in there and guys just like just gross, disgusting garbage, mice running around in there. Like it was, uh, but yeah. And then we ended up spending all those hours on it too. And no one really cared. No one thought twice about it. If a mouse was running across like, Oh, <laughs> whatever, no big deal. <laughs> sharing, but, de- uh, sharing desks yeah. in the old disc man. Yeah, well, that was before that. I never had one of those either. <laughs> but uh, some guys did. And then even drinking water, I always laugh because you're driving home in minus 20, minus 30, and the heat's just pumping, right? And so dried out. And we didn't have water bottles. No one thought to fill a thermos and bring it on the bus with you. So at the end of the trip, you're like, everyone's just waiting up, looking out the window. You have another two hours left after riding for four or five already. I guess the cooler with all the ice bags, guys that ice their groins and their shoulders. No. So then you grab the, it's all melted now. So that's where you get your water. You just rip a hole in the bag and suck the bag. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh. no better drink of water than those ones. After, <laughs> you're just sweating. After, after Sven had it on his groin for four hours. Exactly. I know. <laughs> But that's what we did, and uh, laugh about it. You didn't really get to taste uh, a lot as far as uh, losing when you're in Brandon. Like you guys played a lot of playoff games every year. You went to the Memorial Cup twice, right? Um, yeah. Like <laughs> you, you really didn't know, and you came from that wagon, as we talked about uh, a few years before in, in Midwest. You didn't know a lot about about losing and and Brandon, man, what an organization when you were there. Yeah, and really just turned the corner before I got there, right? So the year before, so Marty Murray was a couple years older than me. The year before I got there, they made the playoffs for the first time in a few years. And then when we made it the next year, we won a few rounds. We lost to the Blades in the East final. And then after that, yeah, we made it to the final. Kamloops hosted that year. But we had, yeah. Thinking back to those teams and the players that went through, we had Chris Dingman, like just a powerhouse, obviously big man and score goals. Him and Marty Murray and Brian Ritchie, who's now the GM for the Wheat Kings. That line kind of propelled us those first two years of my, I played with those guys. They were all gone my last year, but then Peter Schaefer was kind of yeah. the, the horse that we rode and he scored and we had a, we had a deep team. Mike LeClaire had 60 goals that last year. We had... But yeah, like you said, we we had good teams. When I was in maybe my those first years, we'd always go back and we'd work the hockey school, and that was right at the end of Brad McCrimmon's playing days. So he would he would be there helping out, and I was 16, 17, and Brad was 35 or more, finishing his career, and he's always talking about how 
special those junior years are. And you're looking at him after he's played 16 years NHL, wondering what the hell he's talking about. But the junior years, he was damn right. It was uh, some of the best. Did you have to do that, you know, that thing, that poor thing that Brandon had to do every year as the uh, farm show rolls into town and then you got to play like one of your series in Winnipeg or something? Yeah, every year we'd get kicked <laughs> out. For, <laughs> if it wasn't the, uh, what do they call it, the Royal Fair, it's like a huge fair. They always Manit- had curling going on too. What's it called? I was going to say now I think they have Manitoba Egg Days or something that comes in at the end too maybe. but Yeah, they probably do. I mean, that's a huge <laughs> facility, the old Keystone. I got to tell this story too because during my last year to get my grade 12 of I ended up going back. I needed one more credit. And so what do I do? Me and Darren Van Oen, we worked at a, there was a huge Semitol ranch that him and I worked at. So we did work experience for our last credit at high school, but they'd always have a huge sale, a big bull sale, which is a purebred Semitols. But there was always some animals in that building because it was stinking and people always complained about it. I always was kind of accustomed to it, but the old Keystone was used for a lot of other things, but yeah, to answer your question, sorry, I'm rambling, but we'd always get kicked out and we'd have to go to Winnipeg. I think that was where we'd go. Yeah. We played in the old Winnipeg arena. So Wade, you know, obviously you're uh, you know, you're going to go high in the draft after a couple, three fantastic seasons in the WHL. Can you, can you walk us through draft day and tell us, you know, about all the emotions in that? Did you know you were going to be right up there? Like second overall, first overall type area? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I did. I mean, I, I played world juniors that year and that was kind of all the hype was with Brian Berard and myself. And I think we were rated one, two, and it was kind of came down Ottawa, the first pick that year. So it was like who they're going to take. And actually the night before the draft was, uh, cause the Islanders picked second, they had taken Todd Bertuzzi two years earlier. So that went down to the 11th hour too. And I think had they not signed him the night before they would have drafted him again at second from what I understand, but they end up getting that deal done. And then I get taken by the Islanders, go to the camp and whatever. And then I end up going back to junior and get traded obviously, and end up in Ottawa, which worked out great. That draft year, it was uh, yeah, a great experience, obviously. I mean, we, uh, a lot of hype, I know coming into the season, I kind of got off to a slow start, you know, such a good team. We rebounded. I ended up going to the junior camp and making world juniors because of a few injuries too. I think Chris Armstrong and Jamie Allison, both returning guys were both injured. So that kind of opened the door for me and uh, had a good tournament. We had a great team in Red Deer and ended up winning it all. I got a few goals and, uh, and get to the draft. It was probably wouldn't have chosen to go to the Islanders, to be honest. I remember going into the meeting that time you walk into this dark room and they just tried to make guys shit their pants because <laughs> dark room, everyone just quiet walking in there and Milbury kind of laid into me a bit. Like, I don't know. I was probably just like, I normally am not giving too much off and I think he's trying to get a rise out of me, but he is, I remember him challenging me with a few questions and I was probably did shit my pants a bit, but Anyways, they drafted me. <laughs> then became then he became GM and traded me. So I guess I did. Yeah, I was. I mean, obviously, people might know the story. Berard goes first, you go second, then you guys end up flipping in a in a trade after. I guess just what's what's the backstory there? Like, did they like Ottawa just not 
wasn't happy they went with Berard or how does that happen? Well, I think Berard wasn't too keen on going to Ottawa either. I remember. And then from the day we were drafted, fast forward six, six months to the January or February, whenever the trade happened, but Milbury had taken over as GM from Don Maloney for the Islanders. Pierre Gauthier had stepped in. They got a new GM. Jacques Martin was coach. And uh, I remember Pierre Gauthier had come from the Anaheim Ducks, who I did a lot of meetings with too. So I think he had a bit of a uh, relationship that I'd built there. So yeah, everything kind of changed. Both teams went in a different direction. They made the deal. It worked out great for me. Was your draft in Edmonton? Yeah. That yeah, must so have right home. been pretty cool for you, right? Just being a couple hours. I'm sure your family was all there and friends. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a lot of friends and family. And then even after getting to go to Barry T's with a bunch of buddies and stuff. I don't know if you guys remember that place or not. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was an unreal experience to, to share that with all my buddies and, and my brother and sister and mom and dad for sure. Was that, uh, is it true that that Captain Highliner jersey, you're the first person to ever wear that publicly? First and last, basically. <laughs> it didn't last very long, but I think they did unveil it at that draft. Yeah. I still got that jersey, obviously. It's a keepsake, but. The World Juniors maybe winning, winning gold twice, right? Like that's, there's not a whole bunch of guys that can say they got two World Junior gold medals. Pretty special thing. Obviously, where do those memories, I guess, rank up in, in your career when you look back? Unreal experience. Uh, like you said, uh, the first year being in Red Deer, you know, getting the opportunity, being undrafted and then going to that team. That was the year of the lockout too. So we had that time, you know, we had all these guys that would have been in the NHL. Unreal team. All those guys, I think they're kind of comparing it. I know Jeff O'Neill was on the team too. So he was giving it some some plugs or whatever just through the uh, – Twitter and stuff during the last Olympic or during the last world junior comparing it with the Oh three team, I guess it was, or was it Oh five Oh five. It was that Oh three draft that was really big, but yeah. um, you look at the, yeah, the careers that guys had from that team, it was a pretty unreal team. And then the next year too, that was Jerome McGinley's breakout tournament and he went on to do what he did. But yeah, a lot of great, great memories. And we ended up doing, and I think, I hope they do it again, but, They've been doing reunions for these teams. So in Vancouver a couple of years ago, the 95 team, I think maybe 10 guys got together and came out. And uh, so it's fun to see those guys now. Obviously, Marty Murray was my teammate from Brandon, so connected with him again. But uh, yeah. a lot of great memories from those tournaments. Where where was the second year? Wait. Boston. Oh, okay. What, what, what do you remember about that? Because that, that was a bit of a gonger, that, you know, the rinks and, and everything. That was a bit of a... Weird yeah, tournament. it was, oh yeah, I didn't know where I was. I mean, you don't know where you're going. So I, I remember we played in Worcester. We played at, B, the finals were at Boston College. We played a game at UMass or whatever UMass campus that is. I mean, such a contrast from Red Deer when you're, the rink was sold out. There was no one coming out to watch those games in Boston. It was pretty dead as far as that goes. So it was a bit of a disappointment in that regard. Yeah, it was a great, great year too. I mean, <laughs> Marcel Como coaching. He was, uh, I enjoyed him, but yeah, geez, I don't know. Chris Phillips, who I ended up playing all those years with, he was, he was the young guy on the team that year whose belts knows obviously well from the hurricane days, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, those teams were, 
it's just fun, fun to think back on it. So you, you finished junior, you head, head into Ottawa. What was that transition like, I guess, you know, coming straight from the WHL, you know, a lot of guys go to the American league or the East coast and they make their way up, but you hop straight from the WHL into the NHL. Uh, what kind of a transition was that like? Well, I look back on it again. It's probably the off ice stuff. That was the biggest challenge just from, I ended up living in my, on my own for that year. So just a big difference that way. Again, almost a similar screenplay as when I went to Brandon, there's a bunch of injuries. So Sean Hill, who was a veteran guy and Stan Neskash, who was another young guy that were both kind of established D men in the fifth game of the year, they both blow their ACLs, <laughs> which opens the door for myself. I ended up being with Lance Pitlick, who was a journeyman at that time. We both come in and play and play pretty well and get an opportunity. So it kind of worked out, obviously for me to to get the opportunity to to step in because of a few injuries. So that in that regard, that was uh, kind of opened the door for me. And yeah, our team was again a young team that. I think there's 11 new players on our team that year and we ended up making the playoffs. It was a huge, huge deal in Ottawa that first year. When you, when you, when you look them up, right? Like this, this guy didn't miss the playoffs until like his fourth year in the NHL. It's just playoffs in brand and long runs in brand. And then he put playoffs in Ottawa. I, I didn't, I didn't really get it till I just looked this up here. When you look back, Wade, in that first year, did any, anything funny? You know, a couple of the guys have had some funny stories about rookie hazing or, or your, you know, getting getting some pranks pulled on you as a rookie. Anything in Ottawa that you you remember from that first year? Or something crazy? Well, the rookie dinner is always a huge moment. We were in Denver at the Chop House, and I don't know. I think we ended up. I can't remember a lot of it, but <laughs> I remember Frank Musil got loaded he was like the veteran guy and he was so what a great guy such a funny guy he was telling stories but and then we end up going to the dueling piano so obviously everyone's got to get up and all the rookies got to get up so in front of all these people on the dueling piano so made an ass of myself that night i'm sure but it was drunk and didn't really care at the moment so <laughs> but geez yeah looking back i don't know there's uh <laughs> too many memories to put a finger on one right now but did you ever have uh, to pay did you ever have to pay for like uh anything crazy as a rookie did they did they make you you know put the credit card in or any any big tabs well that that is the big tab is i think we ended up paying yeah i don't know three or four grand each i mean it just gets stupid that was even before it got really crazy you get where guys you hear some stories where players are well, even the veteran guys have to step in now sometimes because the young guys don't. <laughs> some make a lot, but not all. Yeah, what? hit them with the bank in the bank account. That's where it really hurts. Yeah. What do you obviously that uh, first year rookie year you play eighty two games with Ottawa, which is uh, pretty incredible in itself. But uh, what do you remember about the the first night, your first game in the show? Oh, I remember lots. I remember. Well, it was almost like a dream, right? Like here's the first game in the NHL in Montreal and Hockey Night in Canada. Well, I think it was on SLC, so French, <laughs> the French channel. I don't think it made covered the airwaves, and but I think my parents watched it. I think they went and watched my brother who was playing in Battleford, so they watched his game. They had it taped. And then I'm scoring that first game, actually. I get set up. Daniel Alfredson finds me in the slot, and I bury one, and then – sit down with Dick Irvin of all people after in the studio. So I still, I got to 
get my hands on that tape. I don't think I've ever watched it again, but that was obviously a highlight watching up grow or growing up watching uh, Dick Irvin, who a lot of young guys probably wouldn't even recognize the name now, but he was a legend. And the whole day just seemed like a dream though. I, to be honest, it was like walking around in the clouds, but scored and got that one out of the way early. <laughs> Your Ottawa years, you know, there, there's a lot of years there. And, and another thing that stands out, Wade, when you go through your career is you played a lot of games every year. You got, you know, you must've been looking back, realize how lucky you were, you know, not to sustain kind of really any major injuries. Yeah. Yeah. And one point you said, I, I was injured that fourth year, I think. So we did make the playoffs. The one time I didn't make the playoffs, we lost in a shootout when I was with the Rangers. <laughs> and that was when Philly beat us, Scotty Hartnell and the boys. And then they went on to the cup final that year. But anyways, I digress. We had a few, few good runs and then I was lucky. I mean, my style of play didn't, I wasn't out there running around, banging into guys. I would obviously take a hit to make a play, but wasn't a, you know, you see some guys that are just, you know, reckless abandon out there. That wasn't me. So that kind of saved me in a lot of ways. I wasn't doing it to myself. You had a lot of years uh, with Chara, obviously, in Ottawa. And, and I'm watching him on TV right now playing for oh, Washington. Yeah. Hard to believe for you like that he's, you know, all those years later, he's still lacing him up out there. It's not hard to believe knowing him and what he does and his work ethic and, well, just his physical ability to begin with. I mean, he is a, a special specimen. I mean, he would work out so much. Like, he was just the workhorse. He'd be in the gym every day. First day after the season, back in the gym. And almost at a point there, I think he kind of cooled it a bit when he got to Boston. I think he had to adjust himself to, to rest a bit. And obviously, he's done the right things all the way along. But just really dialed in training with his nutrition, everything like that. So, no, it's not, it doesn't surprise me. It, it impresses me. I mean, I know I'm the same age as we're born the same year. And to think to do what he's done, I couldn't imagine it. I mean, I... I my body would, didn't last long as his, obviously. Guys, you sometimes don't know if Wade's talking about our other co-host, Sean Kindup or Chara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, the cra- what's the craziest Chara story that for, from those days that you, that you remember? Maybe something off the ice or on the ice, anything that uh, stands out? I remember when he first came over to us, he was pretty raw. And, uh, but I, and I don't even remember the story, but I remember he kind of – I always uh, had a lot of respect and he's a, I think we played together that first year. He was my partner quite a bit actually, but he, he told me the story and this happened when he was with the Islanders, but there was a bit of a scrum at center ice and I looked him in the eyes and I just told him to F off. And I don't remember doing that. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but uh, he laughed about that. He was a great guy, to be honest with you, like, and just the presence. And I, even when I went to Boston after later in my career, that's where I finished. Such a gentle guy in a lot of ways and considerate and thoughtful. And you could see just his leadership abilities. He'd, he'd challenge everyone. He'd always make every, you know, set the bar for everyone, basically. And that's what he did all those years in Boston. I think that's why they're so good. But he certainly pushed our team to another level. You, uh, 2007 Stanley Cup final when you guys lose to Anna to Anaheim. Obviously, that one has to sting. Anaheim ha- had a great team there as well. 
another question that I've kind of asked some of the guys through that run, and you played a lot of playoff hockey like I went through before, how injured were you or any of the guys on the team? Because some guys, you know, have told stories like Jared Stoll said, I think, about, you know, Jonathan Quick, how he should have never been playing in the final. Do you remember that run and just anything for you or any of the guys on the team where you guys were getting shot up and being like, I don't know how we're doing this? Yeah, well, I can only speak for myself. I know, I don't know what the hell was going on with my hips and groins in those days, but it was always a constant battle just to back, I don't know, everything just kind of built up to that. I think I was 28, 29 at that time. But so, yeah, you're always battling things. It was, I know a few years prior, we went against Jersey. I mean, for myself, everyone's always dinged up, whether it's a knee. I remember a slight, uh, MCL strain kind of grade one or whatever, but you, you kind of, if you can go, you can, you go type of thing. And everyone's banged up at that point. We had had pretty good success and had some rest leading up to it. I'm trying to think if anyone was super banged up, Chris Phillips and Balchankov, those guys were the workhorses. They're, I think Philly always had something disjointed or bruises like blocking shots. Those guys kind of, were the big D D man, right? For killing penalties. I feel like they killed almost every penalty off that playoff run. You guys kind of so upset. They were always dinged up. Volchankov was always littered with bruises. He was trying to be a goalie half the time too. So that was <laughs> to his detriment. But uh every everyone kind of you just suck it up and go try to do whatever you can with what you got. I mean, for a guy that was a skill guy, you dropped the gloves, I mean, a decent amount of times. I looked it up. Like you had quite a few fights. I know Ryan yeah. Whitney. Ryan Whitney took you down once. You probably don't want to talk about that one. But <laughs> that's the one I want. That's the only one that ever gets resurfaced because of his spitting chicklets. I know. I I sat down and chat with those guys, and then they announced the thing, and that's that's how they announce it. But <laughs> <laughs> he did get the better on me. I'm not going to say he didn't. Well, that's kind of what you did, right? In junior, I think I'd get like in seven or eight or. 10 maybe a year Clark Wilm was always the guy in Saskatoon that I don't know what the hell I was our big rival those first couple of years and it seemed like Clark and I probably had four or five fights <laughs> if not more over that that span but he was a tough guy but I always felt that was a bit of a a time and place for it right when things were going bad I could kind of turn your momentum around personally just get into it and get pissed off and fight like yeah, it's kind of a good feeling. I never really got that badly hurt. I wasn't one to go in there and go toe to toe or whatever. But in the heat of the battle, I think it's such a it's such a good part of the game. Still, that that oh four oh five lockout year, like there was a lot of guys I went and played kind of elsewhere. You didn't play at all. What did you do uh, for that year, Wade? Well, I was uh, so that was the I was on the World Cup team. And I separated my shoulder. So I ended up getting paid until mid-November <laughs> because of the insurance. So that kind of was – and then – so I had to still hang around the rink in Ottawa and I was doing rehab and all these make-work projects were going on. The team was <laughs> paying the trainers, but they were making them paint. So I painted my stall in the room. I was going out every night probably and coming in and just sleeping on the training table. But – Hillmont Hitman could have used you on the back. Well, end I was I was gonna say I was, I was gonna say maybe Lloyd Minster, may, you know, tried to tried to at some point get him to come play a little Allen Cup. 
well that they hosted that year. And it's funny yeah. because I was talking about it with all my buddies. My brother was on the team then. And there was, I was talking about it. I, like I said, I got hurt and then ended up spending, I was in Edmonton for most of it actually, cause I was training and had a bunch of buddies up there. So I was back and forth to Lloyd, but I was talking about coming to play with the border Kings and kind of looking at what that would look like. Didn't end up happening. I was talking to Alfie too, about going to uh, Sweden. He was in Gothenburg for Lunda hockey club. That didn't happen either just because I was kind of enjoying doing nothing and, and hanging out and taking <laughs> a break. But then, it, so then I ended up, uh, they ended up getting a team together for world championships. So I ended up getting in shape and I went to the world championships that year. I went actually to see my trainer in Arizona kind of for a month before in March. So I spent some time down there training and got ready for the world championships, which we got silver that year actually, but, uh, no, it was actually a fun year. I went, did a ski trip to Fernie. I was uh, living, loving life at that point. I remember the uh, the big rumor that you were coming to join uh, Lloyd that year. And that's your horse lake had Flurry and all those guys, right? They were kind yeah. of coming. Yeah. I thought maybe you went back to Brandon to work at a cattle ranch, do some work experience or something. <laughs> that would have been probably the best thing for me. <laughs> Bar five, Semitol. Uh Yeah, the lockout. It was unfortunate. I mean, shit, when I look back now, those are 80 games that you miss out playing. We lost that whole year, so it's kind of a kind of a bummer. But at that point, you're just kind of waiting and hoping that something would happen. Nothing did, so I was just enjoying life. Obviously, towards the end of your career, you'd gone to the Rangers, and then you're down in the minors for a bit. But you come back with St. Louis and then Boston to end it off. Anybody that looks at your stat line, you, you got over 1,000 uh, when you did get back to the NHL, was that a was that a goal for you to to get back to the show to prove yourself and get over that thousand game hump at the end? Yeah, yeah, that was obviously uh, to finish like I did and to come back and I felt like I had a good you know short time in St. Louis. I played a bit in Boston, ended up getting hurt, and kind of that was it. But uh, yeah, after that experience in New York and going through that and going to the minors and stuff, being six games away from a thousand. At that point, I was just happy to get out of the New York and the situation there. It was not fun for me. It was going to the rig, getting booed every night by the by the fans <laughs> and stuff like that. It was it sucked, and I didn't like it. Went to Hartford, and I, I, that's kind of what happens in New York. And I was kind of uh, naive to it, probably looking at it hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back now, but the style of my play, the way I play the game, the way that it is in New York. It, Probably could have foreseen something like that happening. Now I got out of there, went to Hartford, played lots, enjoyed my time there, and then got another opportunity. So that was, uh, you know, very fortunate for that to get six games. And yeah, the thousand games was a big deal because if I would have ended my career six games short, I'd always be looking at that in the, you know, in the stat column. And to get to a thousand was a big deal. Did you buy the Hartford team a bus? No. <laughs> somebody said like they had a crap i didn't know if that was true but somebody told me you looked after all the boys there obviously you were getting paid your your nhl salary but somebody said you like upgraded the bus for the team or something no, i'm like no. oh you never know i think I maybe you brought the one the in from- <laughs> <laughs> which I was, probably did 
I was going to say maybe you got the Bostrom brand in that you had in 1993. <laughs> yeah, that would have been what I would have done. That was awesome. But no, I, uh, so the thing I did there was I'd put up, uh, not every night, but so game winning goal. You always on the board, right? So we always did that. I think every team does that for the fine, fine. But I put up iPads. So whoever scored the game winner got an iPad. And uh, so a few guys received, were recipients of that. Probably yeah. got stuck with a few tabs too, I'd imagine. Yeah. Those tabs in the AHL aren't quite as, <laughs> as big as the ones in the NHL. But uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I mean, actually looking at some of those players still playing now, Cam Talbot was a rookie goaltender who's still kicking it now. Chad uh, Johnson was the other goalie. He had a good run in the NHL too. Some good buddies that uh, still kind of – Jared Nightingale was a – was a defenseman that journeyman in the in the minors but really good uh, relationship with him and had a lot of fun those guys were a lot of fun you know what i mean like it was like going back to junior in a lot of ways so i kind of a breath of fresh air to to go do that well i will tell you one thing uh we are uh, this the slugs in the american league love those one-way contract guys coming down to pick up a few tabs i'll tell you that right now <laughs> You would have seen a few in Providence, I'd guess, too. But yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when uh, it was right after Jim carried when the Vesna, and they sent him down, and uh, I, I chummed around with him quite a bit. And he was he was oh, a super no guy. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, what are you gonna do? I remember going down, and I got to bring up Brad McCurman again. But he is my first phone call at driving around Hartford looking for a place to rent. Anyways. But like, yeah, I was down there playing hockey, getting paid good money. So I wasn't going to go down there and be a dick or sulk around. I mean, it was what it was. Yeah. So when you hear those stories and it's happened to a lot of guys since too, just with, I don't know if I was the first or what, but it was uh, kind of become commonplace a bit now, but uh, <laughs> whatever. Cash those checks and uh, live life. Yeah, so Wade, how we uh, how we always end these is uh, just some rapid fire questions. They're kind of quicker little answers. First thing that that come to your mind, and uh, I'll lead it off. When you go back to your minor hockey days, you can't say the Silver Dome. What was your favorite small town, Saskatchewan or Alberta barn to play in? Well, Maidstone Sask. That was our home rink in uh, in Bantam. We had some epic playoff battles provincial games in that rink okay so then the follow-up to that kind of thing same thing i asked stole favorite uh, ball field in saskatchewan when you think and you go back that you just loved playing at lashburn sask that was our home diamonds too <laughs> but honorable mention to gordy howe park in saskatoon that felt like a sky dome for us at that age fenway yeah exactly <laughs> Fen more fenway yeah the green fence I got to ask about the favorite. We always ask everybody this favorite road barn in the NHL. I always love going into Montreal. <laughs> Great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. Everybody. And uh, it was, we always took the bus too. So it was a two hour ride home. And we always got a, like 24 chance shows for the ride home. <laughs> Enjoyed the hot dogs after. Yeah. I was just going right? to say the hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody picks Montreal just about. It's awesome. Oh, so. is that? oh it's true. And that's the hot dogs. Guys there. mentioned the, the hot, hot dogs. dogs. Like, like crazy. Another fun one can take you a few seconds to answer. This one might be quick. It's been quick for some of the guys. What's the guiltiest you ever played? Quick story. I got to say, it wasn't uh, one to go out the night before the game. This is my first year in Ottawa. <laughs> and uh, 
we end up in those days where this is more of a longer story sorry but that's okay we took commercial flights so we played in florida it was in the middle of a playoff run we hadn't made the playoffs yet in a franchise history we go and we beat this is the old rink in south south beach we beat the panthers and then we have to play that's the thursday night we got to travel home commercial on friday and then we play saturday against montreal we all go out on South Beach on Thursday night. Everyone's out. Our coach is waiting for us in the lobby, hiding up on the second level, watching us come in and writing down the times everyone's coming in. <laughs> so we land in Ottawa at 6 p.m. the next day and calls a meeting. Everyone to the rink for a meeting, and he just lambastes everyone <laughs> for being out. And, what are you doing out? No wonder you didn't win the Memorial Cup, Wade. And, <laughs> <laughs> like I come in at like one thirty, or some guys were like four or five in the morning. Uh, that's and awesome. then he leaves. You better fucking win tomorrow. <laughs> and then we end up winning, but uh, we all played quite guilty that night. Yeah. Fun. You played in the two thousand six Olympics. Obviously, it wasn't the best showing for Canada, but we ha- we have to mention it. You scored uh, one goal in that tournament. What was uh, the story there? Who did you score it against? Do you remember? It was against. I think Germany. I think the Germans. <laughs> I speed from Simon Gonier. Two on one. I, I don't know how the play happened, but yeah, he was coming down the right side and just made a nice pass. I kind of had the, the net to shoot at. That was a great moment. Sven Butenschon wasn't there with his branches on the point? Say. No, he wasn't on that German team. I wish he had been. <laughs> um, Four years later, he was in Vancouver. You're yeah. right. My... Uh, my last one for you is what your favorite coach, uh, favorite coach of all time, Wade. Not you know, not going back to minor hockey, maybe a junior in the pro. I'm looking back to junior. I mean, those are such formidable years, and those are the years you kind of learned so much, and I was taught so much. And so Bobby Lowe's, well, I'll say all of them because Mark Johnson was the assistant coach, and he was a great, great hockey guy too. And then Kelly McCroon was a GM. So uh, there's still so many things like just those. Bobby Lowe's was so funny. Like he was a hard ass and we had good teams and he challenged us and whatever. There's lots of great members, but even all just the little sayings that little anecdotes of life, you know what I mean? That, so he had lots of those and those are the years that they kind of soak it all up to. Two, two part best player you ever played with. My time with Daniel Alfredson. I, I got to put him on the top of that list just because the, the amount of time we're together and how good he was probably underrated in a lot of ways. I mean, I played on some team Canada teams too, but it wasn't quite the same being those years in Ottawa with Alfie was, was pretty special. And uh, I was going to ask you the worst player you ever shared the ice with, but you won't remember this, but it was me one night with the Lashburn chiefs. <laughs> I remember like, Five years ago, you came out. Yeah, you were playing in Hillmont. And you you came and played on our team, and you were on my line, and you were literally passing it harder than everybody else could shoot. And I couldn't catch any of your passes. You'd set me up for wide open nets, and I'd miss. And I'm just like, this is embarrassing. I couldn't score either. Dwayne Paralette, or who was the goalie? Was it Dwayne or, uh, anyways, good old Hillmont guy in that. Yeah. No, but yeah, I wouldn't put you at the bottom of the list. <laughs> there were some worse guys on the Lashburn Chiefs, that's for yeah. sure. Still, <laughs> some of those Lashburn You still guys. skate, Wade, yeah. don't you, in Kelowna? I see sometimes uh, some of the guys in Kelowna is like an outdoor rink and there's a guy skating all the time. Do you still twirl? Yeah, on a normal year, we go once a week on Thursdays. What do you guys, you guys have the noon hour, is it? Because we call it TNHL here too. Is that your group that does it or someone else yeah. that I follow? That's, uh, that's us. 
hey wade thanks thanks so much for doing this uh you know oh, we, pleasure, we took a little bit a uh, little bit a little bit longer of your time or more of your time oh, than we that's thought okay nothing going on here perfect thanks wade all right enjoy guys thanks Wade Redden, man, what a beauty. I'll tell you what, guys. He, you're right, Barney. Listen to that. He did win a lot. And, uh, yeah, what a what a great guy, stand-up guy, great stories. And, uh, yeah, pleasure to have on, that's for sure. I thought it was cool earlier this week. Saw the stat. Uh, it was the first time Line A and Dubois got traded that a second and third or two top three picks got flipped since the Redden-Berard trade. It was 25 years to the day. Yeah, from from Red and Berard to Line A Dubois, I thought that was an interesting uh, stat that popped up on Twitter. The, the Twitter stat guy. The interview wrap up, boys, for 2020 Geomatics. Hey, if you're uh, sitting there and you got to subdivide some land and you got like a finger up your nose and you don't know what the heck to do, don't do it by yourself because that's just awful. It's an awful idea. You're going to regret it. Call 2020 Geomatics in the city, out on the farm, or in the small towns, whatever. They're going to come over. They can do the single parcels or the large multi-lot developments. Malcolm Vanstone is going to hook you up. 2020 Geomatics, the interview wrap-up. What are you guys sucking on tonight? I got a uh, peach seltzer, 016. Don't Great drink. West Brewery that I'm, that I'm chugging down. It's actually good. Hey, I've never been a seltzer guy. I actually didn't. I wasn't a fan when I first had them. They've really grown on me. I like them. One gram of sugar in there. Watching my waistline. They're delicious. You ever bust out a seltz heavy where you take a little bit of last mountain vodka and put it in your seltzer? Mmm, that, like, that sounds like a good good idea. Yeah, I know that's a that's a good play. I might have to do that. Not drinking during post- the week still. I am the pigeon over here, but let me tell you, this weekend, which used to be just Fridays, turned into Friday and Saturday and lots of beer. The prairie wheat with a little bit of orange juice in it. Oh, hoochie mama. Love it. I'm having an 016. I was on the uh, 80 calorie ones, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still drinking those, but I'm mixing it up here tonight. A little 016. Ronda Treat myself. Rhonda from Russell likes a little, like, likes a little meaty. She's cold outside, boys. Like you said, <laughs> coldest week Finally. of the year. <laughs> no, Why seriously. Yeah, no, but seriously, it's cold. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm obviously, I'm a plumber by trade. I've had lots of calls from people be like, I need this, I need this. And I'm like, hey, call Curtis, call the boys at Arrow. I don't have time. I have no interest. And I actually had a buddy call Arrow Plumbing and Heating this weekend. Furnace wasn't working. Boys came in there, buzzed that thing out. Boom, boom, done. They were out, I think they were out of there in 10, 15, 20 minutes. It was, it was a short one. Gave him a great deal. He was super happy. Family was warm. So why wouldn't a guy call Arrow Plumbing and Heating? You guys want to keep that furnace running tip top? Give those guys a shout down there. They'll take hey. care of you. It doesn't work. They can give you a new one. And you know what? A lot of times people, I'm that pigeon. You had to come over to my house. Your furnace isn't working. And sometimes it's just, you know, they'll come over and they'll clean that little sensor or whatever it is. Right, Belts? Flame sensor. Yeah, flame sensor. Yeah. And then if you call some other guys, they might come over and they totally gouge you. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, fuck, if, well, you, if you lose your furnace in this weather. Oh, it's terrible. Like that guy from Florida that listens or our guys in the states that are listening right now like you guys have no idea how cold it is like it was minus like 40 something with the wind this morning yeah and that's fahrenheit and celsius because they just meet at minus 32 yeah it was they, gross when they melt made that shit they didn't expect people would be living in that they'd be like no one's <laughs> dumb enough to live <laughs> we'll just we'll make the numbers the same because they won't even be able to read them they'll all be dead it's yeah, too cold anyway exactly Who cares? yeah bunch of pigeons <laughs> Anyway, boys, that is taking us in to my tirade this week. We're not doing much on hunting and fishing. We're going to go to the tirade. You freaking pigeons that are going to Dr. Shahab's house. Come on. 
like f right off and it's so ridiculous like why in the world would you think that that's a good idea or that's going to get you anywhere or even how this has anything to do with him he's doing his best this is a terrible time terrible pandemic and that really pisses me off. I feel terrible for him. I'm glad that 99.9% of our population think that that's brutal. But that's my tirade this week, boys. I don't know what you guys got your thoughts are on that, but that's just absolutely insane. Yeah. So I guess people that might not know enough from Saskatchewan, our uh, chief medical health officer has done a freaking fantastic job. And then there's this whole tinfoil hat kind of just weirdo central group yeah. that hangs out in one of the streets all the time in our city and then they took their protest to outside dr shahab's house in regina it's like i said to my wife i'm like where is this like how doesn't he have any neighbors going out there and just smoking these guys like just rifling them from behind and beating the shit out of them with their own freaking picket things just put a push Quicks. bar on my put a push bar on my rosetown mainline truck and just go in there and uh-huh. clean it out i uh, see sunday full of ideas boys oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like how mad in your life have you ever been where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go somewhere and I'm gonna write a sign and I'm just gonna march around in the freezing cold. Like I don't know. I don't even know how you even or like think that that's a good idea. Have, have you seen maybe them? you should ask maybe you should ask the Ryan Rockets when they're standing on your lawn protesting <laughs> spring Mrs. K free. Have, Let's go. Have you Can guys Mrs. K come out and play? <laughs> have you guys seen them though on Albert Street and the group the of Ryan them? Rockets? No. no, the pigeons that are always He's, protesting with those signs. What yeah, a bunch like, of idiots! You look at them, and some of them are like, uh, they're 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 the really the people that you look at and go like, like unfortunately they have parents that are like so embarrassed of them. Were they were they out this week? Because if they if they were out this week, no, they're all in. Like they are definitely pot no. committed. I doubt they were though. I wish I wish so. I wish someone would let us know if they were out there this week. Not a chance. They're out in the last two days in this freezing cold. No way. Not a chance. Well, and the parents aren't even mad. Like they're just more so disappointed, which is almost worse for them. Oh, and they, you know what though? And yeah, there's all different demos, but I'm sure the parents had the writing on the wall. Like at one point, they were like always dyeing their hair a different color, and then they got a neck tattoo, and then they freaking did some other weird shit. And then yeah, now your kid's done uh, Albert dancing around like a freaking hobo. Anyway, yeah, that's my tirade, guys, for this week. And uh, as always, brought to you by Arrow Plumbing and Heating. Hey, why wouldn't a guy? Freeze Tom and Lumber, guys, the senior hockey soiree. Hey, I heard they got a window sale going on down there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, did you hear what the percentages are, Barney? I heard it's going, I heard it's going like way into February or something like that. Yeah. So I guess right now is when people kind of order windows and then they get them put in, in the spring. And because people right now are fucking probably noticing that they need new windows. Like think about how cold wow. it is in condensation. Yeah, so if you're like in an older house and you're seeing that condensation and all that, I learned something the other day. It's like, yeah, you should probably call. You probably need some new windows and some other stuff. Like if you got to move your Canada flag back and then you see a bunch of condensation there, like then that's your first warning. But for it, the deals right now are the time to buy. Pilsner flag. <laughs> the Pilsner flag. Yeah. Or your Pilsner flag. Yeah, or your Monday <laughs> Nooner flag. You never know. <laughs> Those are a select few. Uh, but no, this is the time. If you're looking for windows anywhere in the province, they have a smoking deal uh, at Freeze Tallman. Little Monday new. Tell them the Monday Nooner boys sent you. We'll probably kick you a hat if you buy some uh, windows from them. But yeah, they uh, the, the deals go on for the next month. So just call them and, and they'll hook you up. So we had a couple people send in. Uh 
teams for the all decade teams for the Sask Valley Hockey League Shink. And I think you're maybe a little more familiar with, with this league than the rest of us pigeons. So, uh, are you going to go through both lists? We're going to compare a little bit and get the conversation going. All right. The Sask Valley Hockey League All-Decade team. We're talking 2010 to 2020. Justin Dubasov sent this first one in. A nice Excel spreadsheet, almost like logos. He went like all out. It was such a good job from Doobie. So thank you very much. Okay. So starting here, I know some of the na- uh, some of these names. And you guys will probably recognize some of these names, especially you belts. Yeah. Left wing from Outlook was Shea Stephenson or Stephenson. Sorry, sorry, Shea. I think it's Stephenson. Shea Stephenson. Then at center, Danny Williams from Kyle. And then Justin Williams also played in Kyle. Those Williams boys. Hey, Danny Williams. Won won a fishing tournament a couple years ago. Fishes out at the landing all the time. That's how I know him more than even hockey. He'd be in the all-decade fishing team then maybe as well. He would be. Old Jay Dub could fly around out there too. He had a good shot on him. Old Justin Williams. So then likes to have a cocktail or three. Second line on left wing, a guy we know, fan of the program, Jared Jagow, former Regina Pat, plays in Rosetown. Good head of hair. Good snapper. Good snapper. Yeah, good head of hair on that boy too. Real, real nice out there. Then a little Jonathan Redlick from Beachy, and <laughs> this guy's an absolute. Weapon. Steve De Silva played in Beachy. So hmm. name rings a bell for sure. <laughs> Angry Steve. Angry Steve. Hour is now on. Steve O. <laughs> okay. Uh next we have uh Carter Thompson on uh, the third line from played in Lucky Lake. Chad Chad Lang from Delisle and Aaron Phillips from Keniston. I don't know any of those guys. So, I know Langer. I know Langer. Good dangles. Yeah. He can dangle. Carter Thompson, actually. I've heard of heard of that guy, too. And then on the fourth line, Derek LeBlanc played in Rosetown. Jesse Shinkeruk, never heard of him, played in Kyle. And Kevin Marigold played for the Delisle Bruins. So that's the fourth line. And then honorable mentions, Darren Merton from Dinsmore, Lucky Lake. Casey Lee, heard of him. He's played a lot yeah. of senior. Yeah. Rosetown. And another guy that we know... I think he was good. We talked about he was going to play in Crake, and then he ended up playing in uh, Cabri. Kenton Dooley, hell of a hockey Dooley. player. That's a, that's quite a team. Shape. Good crew. Got some, uh, yeah, got some talent. Uh, talent on that decade team. So, sure. and then on the back end, he's got Chase Norrish from Lorburn. Man, there's like like thirty thousand Norrishes that have played in Lorburn, or and I've only been around for thirty years. So, Dave McDougal from Keniston. And then the other D-men are Corey Hodgins from Kyle and Chad Starling from Regina. I've heard of Chad. Tough yeah, player. Knows Chad really well. Yeah, yeah. good, good D-man. Uh, Steven Turner from Eston. And yeah, he always had a great. He always had a great tape job. Unreal. <laughs> Dustin Stevenson also from Eston. So there's some Eston love. No Eston guys in the uh, forwards, but love. then a couple of Estons on the back end. Sounds like a ton of puck moving defensemen back there. Maybe a couple solid, uh, solid mm. defensive defender. Honorable mention. So Byron Sorensen. Any anybody with the name Byron, he lays lumber. He has to lay a lot of lumber and is tough to play against. So Byron Sorensen played in Kyle. Uh, I hope he actually did. Anyway, I hope maybe he was like an offensive Oleg Tevernoski type. Uh, Cody Pettipiece played in Keniston. And then this guy is an absolute beauty. I know this guy. I'm surprised he played in this decade. He must have played a couple of years and really made 
Scott McQueen. Big Scott McQueen. Do not want to run into him at this day and age behind the net. He's got a lot of girth. He's just he's a big, big dude. So Scotty McQueen, honorable mention there. And then in goal, Jonathan Meyer from Eston. Yeah. Quick glove hand. Mizey. Kicked. Matt Richard. Uh played in Kyle the last few years. Richard, uh, he didn't I, I think it was like after I don't even know if he played junior. I think he just went straight to the senior loop and started driving the van around and <laughs> playing in Kyle. He was like the stud oh, with the van it? at the bar. Probably <laughs> more the sticks van and was gas. the worst. <laughs> sticks and gas. That is right. And then a guy that we all know, uh, the third goalie, Kelly Gard, played in Rosetown. Kelly Gade. Guy won a lot kind of, of a legend. Uh, stopped a lot of a uh, lot of pucks. Honorable mentions in goal: Declan Hobbs from Lorburn. Boz, you know him. Uh yeah, Connor's brother. Tyrell King from Eston. Tyrell, really young. He's got to be a young kid. Had to have been born in the, like, 90s. I was just going to say, I remember Kelly Gard one night in the Sask West when I was in high school, and Wilkie was playing for St. Wahlberg, and we were Tottenham, and he came up and broke his stick over the glass where we were standing. That's my one Kelly Gard memory. wonder if he remembers that. wonder if he was how much of sticks and gas he was getting. Oh, big. That was He wasn't too far out of uh, his pro career, and... Obviously played in the Mem Cup and stuff like that. Had a good good run. So no, we had luckily we had another guy that also uh, dropped in and gave us a Sask Valley Hockey League All Decade Brad, team. Brad K. Johnson. How many of those uh, overlapped? Uh, could you tell there, Boz? Quite a few, but there is some discrepancies I noticed. I don't think any of the goalies are the same, which I thought is interesting. Like over a decade. Oh. Uh, I'll just rat- I'll rattle off. I'll start with the, the goalies here. That's what I got. Lee Coates from Dinsmore Lucky Lake. Jared Dubkowski from Delisle and Conquest. Just two? I don't think you had either of those. No, I did not. He's just going with t- two goalie system. Yeah. Both yeah. good goalies. Need a third Both guy. really good goalies. Forwards. No, don't need a triple backup. I'm, I'm jumping all over here. Forwards, Dan and Justin Williams from Kyle. You had them. Uh, Dubasov, Chad Lang from Delisle. Yeah. Kevin Mirglod from Delisle? Mirglod, yeah. Glod, yeah, sorry. Jared Jagow, you had him. Steve De Silva, Carter Thompson, I don't think that was on your list. Yeah, he was uh, third-line oh, left wing, you had him. Take a seat, son. I wasn't paying that close of attention. <laughs> Jonathan Redlick was there. Darren Merton, Casey Lee, Blake Rolston from Delisle. That doesn't no. sound familiar. Blake's a new entry. And Brett Bame or Bomb Bame, Bame, I think is what it is. Yeah, out of Kyle, Kyle. young guy took him over Shinkruk. Some uh, some of the judges aren't sure on that one, but and then on D he had Chris Henry, which we don't have here. Dinsmore Lucky Lake is this guy from Dinsmore? I'm starting to see a little trend that he likes his Dinsmore guys. I think he's from uh, Lucky Lake. Sure. <laughs> Jeff Marshall from Kyle. Corey Hodgins from Kyle, we had him. So Corey's obviously a player. Chad Starling from Delisle, obviously a player. Uh, Greg Wills, Greggy Wills from Kyle. That guy's like just a good human. He's a good guy to party with. Makes great beef jerky too. Does he? Unreal. Yep. I don't believe you. (laughs) Give me jerky in a box from him. Yeah. I'll stick to Drake meats with my jerky. Willsy, send us some jerky, bud. And uh, Jeff Durham, Durham from Delisle was the other guy. So there's a few. Yeah, and only he only went to two goals. So thank you very much, Brad and Justin, for sending in the all-decade team from the Sask Valley Hockey League. Hopefully you liked it. If you didn't, you could have sent your own in. I wonder 
if the folks that are listening, they, they probably want to know if Sean Kindup would crack the the top hundred, probably team not in the white mud hockey league for D man. I don't think he played in 2010 to 2020. Did you? Definitely wasn't oh, a yeah. D man either. No, I had one three point night, and that was it. <laughs> I uh, I wonder if I'd be on the Sask West Hockey League worst roster of 2010 to 2020. How many years did you play? Oh, but you'd definitely be on one. the ones who had the most fun. I definitely was a morale guy. I'd be on the most fun for sure. I played one year when I was nine, 18 years old, 19 years old. You're a glue guy. Glue guy. Absolute glue guy. Yeah. There's some good glue guy stories coming up in we future are, episodes. We are going to get the Sask West fellas. I know a couple guys up there that were pulling reports of stats and stuff like that. So one of the other leagues we will have on soon. And I know uh, our buddy Millsy was back priming the pump getting ready for a big night uh, on the show so he's got he's got the long lake like almost locked and loaded ready to go millsy we'll so that real soon hey why wouldn't a guy and while we're talking about senior hockey and uh i was talking about the sask west i wanted to jump into the uh player of the week or player of the week from yesteryear for richie brothers auctions of course uh it's that time of year where people are starting to think about what they're going to have in the field this spring equipment wise there's a big event coming up western canadian timed auction event march 3rd equipment selling from all across western canada with richie brothers rbauction.com players of yesteryear you're kind of going to take it on a different path this week boz you're not going to go with one specific player you're going to go with a bunch of wagon we had Habby on last week, and he talked about the Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame that he helped uh, get up and running, and I said it's cool because everybody knows someone in there. Well, when I was a kid, we always heard about the Wilkie Outlaw teams from the 80s, and they were awesome in the Wild Goose. Listen to this, guys. In 13 years, they won nine provincial titles in senior. That's a record that's unmatched by any Saskatchewan senior men's team in any division. So that's pretty cool. They were a huge wag on. Uh, in 83-84 particularly, they had an 18-game winning streak. They won the Wild Goose Championship and then, uh, of course, went on to win the uh, provincial title. I think they played the Langenberg Warriors back then. They had a heated battle. So uh, anybody from that area might remember. But I wanted to throw it back to maybe the best senior hockey team in the province in the 80s. We've talked about Lauren Nielsen, who played five decades in Wilkie. Joe Say, who's now the uh, president of the Sask West Hockey League. He was the team captain and one of the studs. So, yeah, awesome squad. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, I think that like that's hard to do. It's it's yeah. hard to do for a, for a year or two. Listen to this: seventeen of the nineteen people players played all their minor hockey in Wilkie. They didn't go anywhere else or play at any other level. They're all locals. That's just a, a bunch of muckers. That is incredible. That's yeah, some good stats, boys. Wow, what a team. I never gave Wilkie the respect, I don't think, that they deserve. I'm starting to, just like collectibles, starting to jump on board. You can't, uh, you can't, you know what? Don't cut stuff down you don't know uh, nothing about, boys. You got to hop on the education train and learn a few things. You never know what you'll what you'll find out. You collecting pogs yet? He's, he's still on Pokemon and Digiballs or whatever they're called. He's <laughs> what, are, what are Digiballs and pogs and what? Oh, well, if you don't know, that's where the value's at, man. No joke, though. Some of these freaking cards are like guys are buying them for like, yeah, hey, you bought it for uh, two grand, you know, six months ago, and now it's worth fifty five thousand. It's like what? Piece yeah. of cardboard. It's crazy. Anybody man. ever buy a stock that's performed that well? Like maybe you're onto something, my Shane Belter. You retiring soon, boys? Retiring soon. Jamie Allard here from the great town of Petawawa, Ontario. And take a seat, son. 
Encore, c'est Jimmy Allard, ici de Patawawa, en Ontario. Prenez un siège, mon homme. Hey, this is Dar from Regina. Take a seat, son. This is Dustin Forbes, voice of the WHL's Lethbridge Hurricanes and Shane Belter's super fan. Take a seat, son. This is Matt Melton in Anchorage, Alaska. Take a seat, son. Take a seat, son. I love this segment, and we're going to do it to finish off the episode this week. Take a seat, son, for the rusty shovel. It's probably that time of the year where landscaping is top of mind for a lot of people. I know it's cold, as Belter said earlier, but uh, spring's around the corner. Rusty shovel can help you out. Belter's our weather guy. Belter's our, our new our new weather report. Meteorologist, Shane Belter. Yeah. All you're doing is hanging more hats on my coat, and I'm okay with that. A Boy Scout badge. Hanging hats on your coats. <laughs> trying Come to again? figure out how we do that. Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> just putting grass on your tree, man. Does anybody have one they want to start with for take a seat, son? Yeah. I can go ahead, Kinner. Yeah, the, You've been holding it in all episodes. Rusty shovel. The, <laughs> unleash. Unleash, Sean. Just <laughs> unleash. Oh, you know what? I respect the way you guys try and fire me up. It's unreal. Um, it's uh, the guy that I want to take a seat is when you're driving down ring road and you got the slow lane and the fast lane and the guy that's in the left lane holds all the traffic up because the roads aren't even that bad and they're texting and just yeah, causing traffic just get backed up. I want that guy to take a seat. What a jerk. Take a seat, son. Boys, I have got a great story this week. Obviously, we know this is going to tie into collectibles. So... A couple days ago, and obviously I can't mention names, my wife is on this that Virage sale. I don't know if you've heard of it, but you can buy and sell stuff on there. And she was showing me something. And this guy had posted a Wayne Gretzky rookie card for like a thousand bucks. And I was like, well, this guy probably doesn't know what he's talking about, but I'm gonna bite. I'm gonna mess so I message him. We set up a time, we set up a time for me to go meet him. I drive over there the other night. He says to me, I will open the door. I'll, you hand me the money and I'll hand you the card. And that's it. That's what he put on there. Of course, I'm not doing that. I walk up. I got my mask on, everything, you know, you know, be, doing the right things. I knock on the door. The lady answers and she says, what do you need? I explained to her why I'm there. She goes down and gets this kid. This kid's like 11 years old trying to sell <laughs> me like a fake card. Oh, my God. And I'm like, take a seat, son. This guy she gave every- an empty envelope. Every day he's hustling. I love it. I love the hustle of the kid at 11. So funny. I got such a kick out of it. His mom was not super impressed. But anyway, take a seat, kid. But hey, keep on hustling. Take a seat, son. I got one here. And I've been thinking about this for the last two weeks and uh, ready to bring it to the table. Tim Hortons, take a seat. (laughs) That commercial they are running right now is absolutely mind-blowingly bad. So their commercial is about the dark roast coffee. In 2014, we served you an awful dark roast, but we just didn't quite get it right. So three years later, we made another dark roast and we screwed up again. But this time, we got it right. Are you seriously the biggest freaking fast food chain coffee place in the country and you're admitting that for the last seven years you've served us crap, but you finally figured it out? Like, is, is it just me or is that just awful? Well, it's better, it's better than that commercial that guy sitting there going... I hated that one. How about how about the Quest Trade commercial that Barney really likes? Fuck you guys in the Quest We've Trade. We've talked that. So Quest Trade, take a seat. Tim Hortons, take a seat. Take a seat, son. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, take a seat. Yeah. 
Brady's want, going big, back to the bowl. Do you want my quick one? I think yeah, it's yes. I think it's me. I think it's I should be taking a seat. You guys tell me if I'm wrong here after I tell the story. So December 28th, I get a call from this like fantastic sales girl lady from Sastel. Would you like to upgrade your internet? You're run, right now. You're running at this. We can um, give you twice as much. It's only five dollars more a month. I'm working from home now. We got this going on. We got you know pods at night. Whatever. Yeah, sure. That sounds like a great idea. So I do it. We didn't add any devices or anything. Our internet for the last three weeks has never been worse. I've called them so many times, and they keep giving me the same thing. Well, you got too many devices on. I never changed anything. So then finally, this guy comes today, and I'm like, hey, I need a hardwire over there by my office. And the, he comes, he just runs this cable behind my couches and everything. Like, I got to put it away now. So And then all day today, my internet was down for 80% of the day. And I'm like, uh, what happened here? No, it's not. It's something nothing changed. It's you. And I'm like, no, I've been making the same chicken nuggets in the microwave forever. Put them on the plate or pizza pop, put it in three minutes. Pizza pop comes out. It's awesome. It's a, like now I can put a pizza pop in for three minutes and a big bag of shit comes out. Something is not right. So, and it's they're, they basically SAS tells tell me like I'm an idiot. So people that listen to the program, not from Saskatchewan don't get that. We have like two providers because we live way in the sticks here. So we have like yeah. for competition wise, they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, leave then. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> so is it me taking this? Should I be taking a seat on this one? No, SAS tell maybe SAS has got the COVID. So that was your short story or was the long version? Oh <laughs> you said that was God. a quick one. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. If you're putting a pizza pop in and a bag of shit's coming out, someone's playing a trick on you. <laughs> Have you had a pizza pop lately, Kenner? Oh, these taste like shit. One more, guys. Hey, I just remember this. I know Barney brought this up in the come up, the ice going out, and the Eastern Conference team actually is Regina. What a bunch of pigeons, Shink. What do you like? What do you think of this? Yeah, so Barney will explain what's going on. So the story that that kind of was going on Twitter and guys were DMing us was uh Pat's uh, hockey operations staff showed up to the, their place of employment where they rent the ice and everything at the uh, Brandt Center here in Regina, and they were taking the ice out. And they were like, what's going on? We didn't get a heads up. And it's like, yeah, we're taking the ice out. And it's like, uh, we could still be playing here in the neck. Like, it was just, wow, what, they're the major yeah. tenant. You may, maybe just tell them. It's like renting a condo and then just going in and start ripping out the kitchen and telling your uh don't worry about it yeah we're just going to do this we're not going to tell you like you're just you go to move in and your bearings gone in your dryer <laughs> you never know what's going on right boss yeah, crazy take a seat take a seat son that's all, <laughs> let's take a seat son yeah. i should throw in an honorable mention for uh nhl blackouts that everyone keeps talking about on twitter that's been annoying but uh nhl blackouts take a seat Let's take a seat, son. And I do want to remind people, we'd love if you can send us a voice note or a video or a clip we can use for the intro, your name, where you're from, and saying, take a seat. We want to switch that up with fresh listeners from all over every week on the show. So we'd love if you could uh, send one in. And also send us pictures of your Gretzky rookie cards. <laughs> we'd love to take a Will trade. <laughs> I think that'll do it, guys. Another great show. Look forward to next week and the guy with the nipple piercing. Thanks to the sponsors. Subscribe, download, listen. The people ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? What you gonna do when the world stops speaking?